1: Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined only by Josh Brown. Hello. What do I owe this honor? Well, Metro Exodus is what got you pass into such a fantastic place to be. Um, Because me and you are the only two that have got privy to Metro Exodus so far. Um, And you've done the reviews, which is hopefully going to be online by the time you guys see this. If not, it'll be very soon. (laughs) I'll be very disappointed. Um, (laughs) 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 But um, Josh did the review. Uh, It doesn't matter about today's and tomorrow's because, you know, coverage. Um, But yes, hopefully the Metro Exodus review will be online. Um, You can reveal what you gave it now. I give it four stars out of five. Dear Lord, I kind of thought we'd just do this podcast to talk about Exodus yeah. and talk about your thoughts on it and just generally picking apart why you give it four stars and uh, and yeah, just sort of a general impressions of it. So what were your overall sort of thoughts on it in general? I've not seen the review, well, so yes. Well,
2: it makes, and I'm sure we'll get into it, it makes mm. a terrible, terrible first impression. <laughs> yes, but uh, once it opens up, it is a really um, major stride forward for the franchise as a whole. Mm. I think, I'm sure a lot of people will prefer it to be this small kind of niche shooter. Mm set in the Metro tunnels but by going in this semi-sandbox route I think it's really widened its scope mm-hmm. uh, both literally and metaphorically <laughs> I think uh, there are a lot of shortcomings it's a very flawed game it's not quite I said in my review not quite the um, Witcher 3 moment for the franchise right. that I think a lot of us were hoping slash expecting it, it to be mm-hmm. but it's a solid game and it's a really great kind of post-apocalyptic shooter
1: So I think to, to clearly address if you don't know the Metro games before because it's strange it kind of it feels a little bit like they've, they've had the same kind of reputation that the older Witcher games Time where people yep. knew of them uh, for a while and yeah everyone well especially people like me were thinking that Exodus was going to be their Witcher 3 moment um, and yeah the, the opening stuff is a, a, a just is a slog um, but in terms of like the general premise that like, you have this idea that nuclear bombs went not forced humanity underground and you basically just follow like this one Russian city um, and then in Exodus immediately we're up on the ground and we're like out on trains and we're going to explore. Well
2: that's it without well, spoiling too much but mm-hmm. the intro suffers because it, it does have to jump through a lot of hoops to sort of justify the fact that mm-hmm. you're out the metro station (laughs) and even if I played the other two games and uh, know them relatively well it's been a while since I played them Mm but uh, I know the story and stuff and even I was trying to catch up with who these characters were in like brush up with the new law essentially because it needs to excuse the fact that you're now on the surface and you're now exploring without a gas mask because yeah. the games the surface world was too irradiated and there was apparently only 50,000 people left and now it's like no no we're starting again we're opening it up and it, it the, the intro does struggle to justify that but once it does so, it gets better
1: yeah I think one of the things that really struck me because we're talking about like the, the opening the opening sort of hour hour and a half is, is really I mean I'm going to I'm going to I'm not reviewing it so it doesn't matter I'm going to say turgid I really hated that opening bit yeah. um <laughs> because you just you have all these kind of systems that get you get assailed with which you know if you've played the other Metro games you know about like different mini options uh, different mini menus that you have and um, holding different buttons and how to activate stuff like your night vision and your, fl- your little lighter and things like that but it seems to be in a rush to get to a place with not a whole lot of propulsion it's that's just it. sort of like you know and you've got a kind of awkward mostly bad line delivery I wish I could put it in Russian um, and I don't I know, know I, I don't think that's an could, option
2: but it's not nah. so. and so that
1: kind of sucks and you've got like you've got this kind of rushed, weirdly rushed dialogue or really weird Rush rushed narrative where like different things seem me be firing off left, right and centre but then you you kind of go okay, what are we actually doing? Why are we sort of leaving the underground? What's actually going on? Um, and they get there but that opening bit is kind of bogged down by yet another Artyom um, gets kidnapped and you have to
2: stealth your way back out of it that again. That happens like three times in
0: like an hour and a half. Uh, and it's like
1: Far Cry 5s biggest problem all over again. Yeah, it's, so. it's
2: just frustrating because th- the opening is not indicative of the rest of the game. Mm. The opening is very structured and very set piece heavy and very linear. you You don't get to to explore, you're funneled through combat encounters, and the co- the game just takes control away from you over yeah. and over again, which is so frustrating. But then it does open up, and it does finally justify its mm-hmm. premise, and it gets to the good stuff. But for anyone playing it, it, might just be totally put off by it because it feels like a game from 2010. Well, you you text me <laughs> and, um, <laughs> when we had access to it like a
1: few days ago, and you mentioned me, and you were like, I think it might be bad. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe like I I kind of always thought because I like 2033 and Last Light. Like, I like them. I never loved them. I always liked the idea, and I love the idea that there's a a really good solid like narrative or story you know the novels and stuff you have a good like world building to get to Um, and then it was always like well I hope they get there Um, and yeah I remember playing the start of Exodus and going oh god yeah like what have they done (sighs) Um, but it it has that kind of weirdly stilted intro I think one of the biggest issues that gets in the way one of the most noticeable things um, is that Archim is a silent protagonist which he always has been Um, but he talks in the cutscenes in between chapters and you can read his, uh, his like journal or whatever so you can get a good sense of character from him but then they write all these weird scenarios where like it's like Metal Gear 5 it's like they write mm-hmm. characters that address him and address him in scenarios where he needs to respond and he just doesn't and like and you were saying like you know you can't believe that in, in 2019 um, you know in the modern sort of video
2: game landscape that you're still doing a silent protagonist yeah. in such an obvious way yeah I, I do not like this decision at all it's just jarring the, the dialogue itself like you said and I'm sure we'll get to is mm. not the best I get think to it right fun. now. oh fine we'll get to it right yeah, now why the dialogue not, eh? is not the best although it is serviceable but it's yeah. made worse because these characters just talk at you and you don't don't have kind of conversations. Like Anna, specifically, uh, mm-hmm. especially who's your wife in the story, just constantly tells you how much she loves you. Are and you how, never going to
1: say it back? You never gonna say it back?
2: <laughs> and you're just kind of there, like tapping her on the shoulder, like there, there. There's one there bit. We go.
1: There's one bit where you, yeah, you're sort of
2: consoling her, and
1: and, and the game just gives you like a, a rotating, like four, three or four animations where you can like you can stroke <laughs> yeah, her a bit, yeah. you can pat her on the head, you can sort of say, mm, you can sort of <laughs> nod, and it's nothing, and she's just like, I love you so much. We've been through so much, and you you must just be in real time going. <laughs> just nothing just nodding your head and like there was another time when um, it's right at the beginning of the game so don't worry about a major spoiler but um, you know you, you do sort of you go AWOL for a bit you get lost underground um, and you go off to do like you do a series of uh, story missions and you go out of radio signal coverage so when you find you, you be- <laughs> the radio starts crackling back into life and Anna's the first one who's screaming after you going oh my god Artium, you're alive like so can you hear me like whatever nothing <laughs> nothing from Artium at all I not mean, even like a
2: cough the only reason those two are together is because there's no other people on Earth <laughs> Left, right. <laughs> he has terrible communication skills. He doesn't have right? any at all. He cannot sustain that relationship. But yeah, it's only made so jarring, and we are taking the mick out of it. But it's only so jarring because he does speak during the um the like in between scenes. He's a very thoughtful
1: guy as well. Yeah, exactly. Like his journal is like very like emotionally like not necessarily emotionally wrought, but you, you know you get he gets yeah. across the the weight of surviving in the apocalypse and not knowing whether like spending time on the surface is going to lead to anything, whether he's yeah. wasting his time, whether he should just stay underground where the safety is.
2: That's the problem. He has thoughts, and I want to know the. <laughs> just getting there with these bite-size bits. It's just, it's frustrating. Mm. And I think, um, because the character, it's frustrating because the rest of the game's good. And I genuinely do think, although the dialogue is serviceable, the characters in particular are really great. Mm and I love spending time with them. But that could have been so much more had we actually had conversations and not just it being them talking at me and telling me their entire life story. There's no kind of two-way thing. There's no give and take. There's Mm. no me finding out about them and them finding out about me and that affecting how they speak to me. It's just monologues and exposition, which... It's 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 fine, but it it's, could have been so much more.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's. I remember I texted you. Uh, I texted you after I got through a little bit more, and I was like, "This is a video game, ass video game. Yeah, like this is like the most like no, you will come to me style video game. And it's just fine. I don't want necessarily. I don't need or want handholdy tutorials, but they barely explain anything. Like you know, you sort of you get kind of pushed out into the open world, and you you don't really you get funneled down a few different sequences at the beginning, but then it opens up, and you, then you start to get a sequence or a variety of uh, different open worlds, mm-hmm. like uh, open world chunks, and that's when you start figuring things out um, but there is that weird sense of just not really knowing like how much I'm supposed to be invested in the story at any given moment like how because every character talks to you with this like emotional weight yeah. but you never reciprocate it yeah. so I'm like okay that's kind of all set dressing and I'm saving the humanity well I'm saving this little chunk of humanity and things like that um, but for me that that the voice side of it really got in the way Yeah, um, but we can kind of use that to segue into the way that the environment's designed because one of the biggest
2: things that hit me up front was how gorgeous it looks it is beautiful I mean yeah. I've been playing it on the PlayStation 4 Pro I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what the difference is. I'm just is. on the original Xbox. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah,
1: like, I mean, yeah, like it beautiful, eh? Yeah. Been, I mean, honestly, the, the texture work that they've got going on is like phenomenal. I'm not sure how much they used uh, photogrammetry, um, right. which is like something that, like, um, what the hell was the last game that used it? Battlefront 2 used it. Yeah. Um, basically, you take a whole bunch of photos of any given thing and you scan them in, so you do get a photoreal look. And their texture work, like, you know, I just, I remember being on the train because you eventually get onto one of the trains and uh, you're leaving the city, and I just was randomly talking to a character, and there was just some like metal work. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like flecks of paint. And I was like, that looks so good. <laughs> that's the best fleck of paint I've You're ever a, seen. <laughs> kind of it be like, zooming in to be like, that's just a, I mean, Honestly, like a few times I was like, this is the best looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like, um, because obviously, I mean, the initial debut of it was the Xbox One X thing, and it was like, look at this thing, it's in 4K. Um, so how does it look in terms of like, do you, do you feel like a general sort of wow factor? I,
2: I do. Like, there's often times where I just sort of stop and have to look at it. There is one moment again on the train, right at the very beginning, where the fog is kind of coming over, like mm. icy fog and the, everything's snowy in the background and there was just two characters talking about it mm-hmm. just looks so good there are like the effects in the game especially with its lighting and like I said the fog specifically it makes it look it just makes it pop and yeah. everything is just of a high quality I think the character models look really good sometimes the, the, the voice acting and the lip syncing makes them look a bit uncanny valley that you just sort of stare at your yes. face and like mother but for the most part it looks it looks exceptional and I think the way it immerses you into this world not only through the graphics but then the complementary mechanics like mm-hmm. you said it does just throw you into it but everything is um kind of detailed in game there is very minimal yeah, ui elements the hood mm-hmm. is very limited you have to sort of check your own body to sort of see whether how much time you've got left, left mm-hmm. in your gas mask and get your weapons and stuff like that And i think the visuals combined with those elements does a really uh, fantastic job of immersing you in this world and making you feel like you're a part of it like
1: you are like a real survivor that was where it all started to click because at the beginning they like i said they lean so much much into the narrative delivery stuff and it's like oh god this is so jarring because of the line delivery yeah. and because of the fact that even though it is like the end of a trilogy or it's the third installment the the metro series like does have its really good really solid world building really good socio-political comments mm-hmm. on you know like nuclear proliferation or you know potential apocalypses whatever but the way that exodus starts is pretty much doesn't even go anywhere near 2033 and last light initially no, no. and so it's like you can pretty much just pick this up and, and run um but because of that for me it didn't really click and i didn't start to really love it until it was until i got into it Open world areas where it starts to become a hell of a survival game. Yes, and you're like, yeah, you're like holding. You have to get your head around the controls, but you know, you're holding the D-pad. You're sort of like zooming in with your night vision goggles. You're sort of like patching up your visor, like literally just getting like a patch of I don't know paper or whatever yeah, it is, it's- and like covering a crack on the visor because you've just been in some like skirmish. Um, and like ammo conservation is a big deal. Like there's a lot of elements like that that really make you go, like I'm just scraping by. Yeah, and then that weird kind of like industrialized like approach to the whole world design art direction, all that starts to click, and then yeah that for me I had to just kind of put the story to one side like I'm only like I don't know five six hours Mm -hmm. in ish Um, and you were saying you spent a lot of time exploring as well that's it
2: I've spent far too long exploring because there are issues if you do spend Mm. too long but it's just so good to uh, like you said survive in this world even though you have a home base to go back to and people to provide for Mm -hmm. it's like kind of like the Red Dead Redemption 2 thing where you're all going out on your own you're sort of supporting your team Uh, in that sort of loop loop of um, scavenging sorting out your weapons making sure your mask isn't going to crack in the thick of it, Uh it's it's unbelievably compelling, I find. Even though you're ostensibly doing the same thing as you are in any other post-apocalyptic game, you're smashing X and picking up resources (laughs) and getting your backpack out. You really need them, though. You really need them. It has a really great flow between making you feel powerful. Like, if you spent 20 minutes scavenging and you've sorted your weapons out Mm. and they're all clean and they won't jam, Mm -hmm. you feel powerful for when you get into a firefight. Mm -hmm. But after that firefight's done, you are back to square one again and you have to go through the whole thing all over again. So there's never a feeling that you've mastered the world are like you're too powerful mm-hmm. and there's never there's also no, not a feeling of you're always on the back foot and you're always scraping by mm-hmm. there's a mixture of both that is just for me that's what I want out of a post-apocalyptic game totally I think that that's the thing that they nail the most like giving value to loot because like you mm-hmm. know in so many games
1: like loot is so disposable you're swapping things out you're even re-rolling the exact same items yeah. so you can get a better number attached to it um, but yeah the way that Metro does it like even their design of the weapons that like, you've got these like weird like steampunky um, like pump action like rifles and stuff that fire ball bearings You've yeah. got to like manually hold X and then press the right trigger. Like hold X to get a hold of the front handle. Right trigger so you crank it uh-huh. um, so that you've got enough shots ready for the next time. Um, which led us, we were talking earlier, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm so ill by the way. Oh dear God. No, I'm going to get so ill as well. I know, it's God. like being in a radiated wasteland. So <laughs> kind of, it's the immersion. But um, one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was um, you can go out, you can explore, like there are story missions that will happen in these different like, little pockets of the open world, but you can get there ahead of time. Yeah. And you can kind of break it a little. Bit. Yeah. Um, because I'll give you one example, and you talked about this as well. Um, but there's one bit when you have to go and uh, you have to basically retrieve a, a train carriage, like a train car, um, and it's tucked away inside this this warehouse. And when you finally get it, the um, the railroad takes you back to the where you started, basically. Um, and the guy on the comms is like, "Hey, you know, you're going to encounter some resistance on the way back because this this one rail you now need to take is going to go through all these gang places." But for me, I'd already cleaned them all out. Yeah. So none of that dialogue made any sense. And then I <laughs> I just rode the train car peacefully with no with no yeah, game play for about five minutes just like you know sauntering back to the, the start point well, it was nice and tranquil and it was like just because of the day night cycle it was right during dusk so it still worked quote unquote yeah um, but there is that sense of
2: like playing tinkering with the world can kind of undo some of the other moments I honestly think. I did the exact same thing right I think that's one of actually the better examples of it like mm. I, I don't think that impacts it as much it still impacts it but I cleared that place out first so when yes. I was driving through the I got the same message and I was like well it's fine I've, uh-huh. uh, I've killed them all anyway so if anything I'm being rewarded for forward planning <coughs> in the second major area you go to, which is sort of a desert, I encountered this far more. Every, okay. Everywhere I was exploring was sort of cornered off for a story mission, so I would be spending 30 minutes, 40 minutes sort of searching the area figuring out what to do in there, mm. and yet I couldn't progress, and it just genuinely was a waste of time, because I came back <laughs> later on with a dude, and it was slightly different, and I could go through a certain path that I was right. arbitrarily locked off before. I didn't think it did a great job of um, kind of rewarding my freedom, or kind of my <laughs> yeah. inquisitiveness, just those situations and it's only a problem because I know what you're going to say just do the story missions and then explore later that's that's how in it theory, be in theory but that, it doesn't tell you that but it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't tell you that it, if you do trigger certain story missions they aren't signposted mm. and you will get ushered onto the next area and you won't be able to come back mm-hmm. and to sort of find those areas that you missed in the first place mm. so you do want to explore every single place before you get to the story missions but then at the same time you're kind of not rewarded for doing so especially in that um, second area I think the first right. one has elements of it but it's mostly for fine mm-hmm. the second one's really bad for it and then the rest uh, kind of uh, you, you encounter it but it's not too bad yeah because when
1: I again like you know we're not saying like I don't think that you need like I said like a handholdy tutorial or anything no. but you it's a weird sensibility to break down because some games just just happen upon that guiding hand mentality like you don't always know where you need to go in Breath of the Wild but you will find something you will yeah. get somewhere um, and then sometimes in Metro it's so hands-off that you kind of go okay well the narrative is kind of open-ended it's like hey go scavenge and go like you need to like retreat people but you know you're, you're it is kind of open-ended mm-hmm. but then if you're too open-ended with your approach you'll you'll happen upon encampments that you're supposed to fight later um, and things like that so it's it's a little bit of a, it it stumbles a little bit um, but it doesn't necessarily get in the way of immersion it just kind of means that you're rewarded ahead of time with better gear because you yeah. already scavenged that one place ahead of time and um, let's just talk about the combat which is one of the things that I love the most yeah um, because oh, <laughs> I mean I, I might, it might be because I've not done that much of it like I said only five six hours ish and um, but like the way that the Combat works. I, I love all their uh, reactive dialogue they have. It reminds me of uh, Manhunt, mm-hmm. where characters talk to each other. I mean, it's not new for Metro or anything. But like, if you go into hiding, like a little light on your suit tells you that you're invisible. Yeah. So you duck away inside some bush or something, and you'll hear like people shouting across camps going, "Is he over there? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I found him over here, or like whatever." They don't even speak American, so it's not that. But <laughs> you know, there's people trying to find you. And I remember that in Manhunt, the first time I disappeared in Manhunt, and two characters talked to each other and said, "Oh, did we lose him? Like, mm-hmm. whatever." And I love that. I love that they're even though it's just dialogue. I love that their scripting feels like you're actually getting hunted by people, yeah. um, and that idea of going up like the power fantasy side of it again, where you're going up against like you know a formidable foe kind of thing, um, and so popping off the headshots and you know taking people out stealthily. They're
2: satisfying headshots. Headshots
1: are very satisfying. very satisfying, and then you have a choice as to whether you want to knock someone out or kill them, yes. um, which we can get back to how that seems to affect some of the story. I couldn't possibly say. That. I don't want you to see the spoilers, <laughs> but I have one example that I can give, cool. um, which we'll stay away from spoilers. But it seems like even though at the beginning I was like, why am I even giving it a choice? Yeah. other than just for the player but it seems like that does matter but um, yeah your general thoughts on combat stuff
2: I think combat um, can be really good I think when you're fighting guard like dudes mm. regular soldiers it's uh, it's satisfying the guns are, have such a great sense it's of weight steampunk as hell yeah like such yeah. a good kick like you said there is something satisfying about them being so manual like when you have yeah. to pump the uh, sort of ball bearing gun mm-hmm. it's really good popping off headshots is great the idea of ammo conservation when you spend too many bullets on a person you <laughs> feel like you've failed you know yeah you're mean? just like, like Why you go down. <laughs> it's like just stop. I'm wasting all my ammo on you. I could have just headshot yep. you. But when you do pull it off, it is um, it's great. I think the stealth lets it down for me. Right. I feel like a lot of the time, I think the AI is just sort of brain dead. Yes. Sometimes I'm right. Like it's close to. That's AI why I made the distinction about dialogue because it's right. more in the dialogue than it is in the way they move. Yes. Ex- exactly. But because yeah. um, they are. It's the same with the other Metro games, which is why it's more disappointing. Mm. I think If it's the first time the franchise had tried stealth, I'd have been more kind of open to it. Mm-hmm. But this is a problem that I sort of plagued Last Light and the original in completely different ways mm-hmm. but yeah, trying to get a Dropping these guys seems just kind of like arbitrary. I don't know when yeah. I'm in spotting range. I know you've got a light um, meter on your arm, and you do get a sort of audio cue, but it never—it's super it's binary never though. Like, yeah, it's
1: like either you're in full view, there's a firework display up yeah. your arse, <laughs> yeah. or you're completely invisible and you're right in front of a guy and they don't even see yeah. you, which is very old school. It's a very like mid two thousands way of doing stuff. It stealth. really is.
2: That's 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 probably the only area of the f- combat that really feels dated because mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing you're doing all those other games. You're either stabbing dudes to death from behind, <laughs> you're uh, knocking them out, you yeah, headshotting them with. Mm-hmm. Silence pistols, you're throwing knives at them, yeah. and it's like we've done that before yes. in Far Cry, and it's it's solid, it like works, but it's just it's not how I wanted to play the game. No, same. Something hilarious as well on the immersive on. side is
0: that 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 weird uh, ball bearing firing thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Um, its description says that it's silent. It's so not silent. It's not,
2: is it? No, but yeah. its
1: description says, oh, a silent, sleek weapon. And I was like, so does that mean I can just shoot it right next to a guy? Yeah. And they won't. Yes, it does. You just go, you just headshot a guy. It's like like loud as hell. And like the whole camp just, just <laughs> completely, like, what? Sp- what? Like uh-huh. nothing at all. Even though my superpowered steampunk gun is just killing everybody one uh-huh. by one. Um, and on the gun front as well, um, I love the way that they do this. I can't remember how much of this was in Last Light. Mm-hmm. But I love that they ostensibly only have a handful of like base versions of every weapon. Mm. and so everything that you're finding is like the kind of uh, cobbled together like basically it's hard to explain because it's like you have like a base version of a shotgun a base version of a rifle a base version of a revolver and so every time you come across something in the real world the, the diagram that pops up on the hood will be like yeah. little version of the revolver with all these attachments onto it so it's like that person that owned that gun has like bolded a scope and a, and a stabilizer uh-huh. and whatever so when you pick it up you can either pick up that whole gun and just use it or you can take all the parts off it and then craft your own custom gun yeah. later on so you end up with your version of a rifle and your version of a shotgun um, and I love that I, I don't was that in Last Light like, I, I remember
2: can't that. remember if it was in Last Light I know you had. You could definitely modify your weapons I don't know mm. if, if it was that extensive usually I don't like that right. in Fallout 4 for instance I thought it got to a point where I was just creating these super weapons and I was, <laughs> I was not really incentivized yeah. to experiment but with this the resources at your disposal are limited enough mm. where you can't just go mad and rely on the same weapons but creative enough where you can transform a pistol into this shotgun hand cannon and <laughs> <laughs> it is satisfying like it's all it's always, it's always a thrill to see a weapon that has all those red markers on of new yes. attachments and like taking them either just swapping it completely or taking them off and knowing you can use them mm-hmm. later. That's uh, yeah, the way the weapons work, and they feel like yours as well. Yes. If that makes sense. That sounds ridiculous. But no, no, like, I'm with it because you've crafted them. It. Yeah. And because you've spent so much time with them and you've modified them, they feel like this is like your well, good You know what I mean?
1: That's why I never, when I'm coming across some random thing in, in the uh, the overworld the open world, I don't say overworld. <laughs> um, I don't just swap it. I yeah. always like just scavenge it because I mean, like, no, this is my pistol. Exactly. Like, because you can get like a double barreled like vertically double barreled revolver that like fires these like big massive ass shots and um, with a laser scope on the top and I'm just like yeah that's my gun yeah. like I'm gonna you know like that's Artyom's gun or whatever and so yeah when you, you're out there exploring I kind of find myself adding to everything yeah. uh, rather than replacing it um, and I love that that makes they really make a good point of like you know you get, you, you kind of yearn for those workbenches when you can you get to go home with all your spoils and it's like here's all these clockwork mechanisms yeah. that I picked up <laughs> I'm just gonna bolt this weird slide onto this gun um, and that's one of the things that I love the most. I don't know how much that, like, changes over the t- course of, like, most of the game
2: or whatever. Yeah, but. well, well you end up finding sort of other variations of the regular uh, base uh, weapons that you uh, can also add attachments to. Mm-hmm. It just, it continues, it's it's not, like, incredibly robust, mm-hmm. but you do find new things to keep it sort of fresh, even if you don't want to swap out your guns, because, I mean, they're the ones you've been relying on for the past 12 hours, and they are your gun. <laughs> uh, it's. it's, it's I, l- I love that system. Yes. I wish more first-person shooters did it It, it, again it it rewards you for scavenging as Mm. well so you do have incentives to sort of not only go out but come back to a base like you said yeah whack your backpack on one of those gear tables and just go (laughs) to town which is what i used to like a lot
1: about uh, the last of us as well um and metro i mean metro's had crafting before but you i found myself crafting like on the fly like in the moment kind of thing a hell of a lot more than the past two um where like you know you just hold lb or l1 and you press x or a and you just just whip out your backpack and you have a certain amount of things you can craft like medicine um and the different uh, the gas masks like filters and stuff um, how much did those things do you think get in the way of the overall gameplay how much of it is just an arbitrary restriction like every now and then you need to refresh your breath mask
2: I like things it. like that I like it I think it does add to the immersion mm-hmm. overall I think it's just it's it's because this game is ostensibly I think even more so than either one sort mm-hmm. of a survival horror game they've you, I think they found their niche more they have They yeah. have. you do have like the ammo conservation you do have this very mechanical animation based focus you mm. can't just flip into a menu and sort of have your gas mask on or have it <laughs> changed you need to physically do it it's the same with either whip. Out a, what you call one of those things, a lighter, yes, either whipping a flame out a, lighter, creator. a flame creator, one of them, them to uh, <laughs> set fire to the cobwebs, uh-huh. or when you sort of brush your face and do that, yeah, you did if you, cause you get because you get dirty because it is, isn't it? In the old games. Used to do this uh-huh. and then do a bit actually, of a John Cena, yeah. You do a bit of a John Cena, yeah. and then it actually did something. But in this, I've never really got dirty no. to have to do it. <laughs> I like that that
1: that's that's one of the strangest things at the beginning. Like I was saying uh, earlier on about like you kind of get assailed with all these different mechanics, and it's like you, you're walking through an area, it's right at the beginning, and it's like, hey, hold LB and press X to bring out your lighter. And I'm like, why? It's fully lit, like, yeah. why would I do this? And then it's because it wants you to learn that you can burn cobwebs. And I'm like, why would I do that? And I still don't <laughs> know, but like, I can randomly, well, I do know it's because it's they slow you down, but like that it tells you that randomly and then you're you have a bit of a firefight and then it says hey press lb to fix your mask and i'm like is it broken because there's no meter yep. telling me that it is yep. but there's a crack so i need to like patch that up um and then you get used to like oh you can take your mask off and put it back on based on when the clicks are happening around your like your radiation meter and you kind of start like micromanaging all those things yes it's just that the the on like i don't know people in the wanky game press including ourselves call it the onboarding process and oh, it's oh, like okay. the onboarding of metro is like a bit weird we've definitely i've leveled up now i've yeah, said well, that. i, uh, I don't know what that is so. i've, I've yeah. already I've ever heard it. i've never used it <laughs> but I thought I it out. It's like when I, I said optics the other week. I've like, never yeah. stopped using optics now. Um, but you know, you might as well. I'm pleased I've shared in that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. onboarding. Now it's it's everywhere. I use it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, th- the way that like that whole opening bit goes, I think that they wanted to tick the box of the expectation that was left from the Xbox demo because the way that it got showed off on the Xbox One X thing mm-hmm. was like here's the he's like Archim's on like a zip line and he fights a big monster and then uh, he, you know he leaves on that exploding train um, and nearly all of that is because like compacted and punched and kicked into that opening hour. Yeah. Um, down to the same bit where the monster gets right up in your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing from the Xbox One reveal. Um, and I wonder how much they had that in, in mind when they were like, "Oh, we need to satisfy that crowd."
2: Yeah, probably because there are a lot of those moments in the mm. Like again, it takes control away from you, which I don't like. But you do get those satisfying monster in your face and just jab <laughs> it with a knife um, moments. I think you get a lot of those out in the gameplay as well, which right. is very good. Once you do start exploring and mm-hmm. interacting with the monsters, because I think they're the best part of the game. Oh, the really? Monsters. I don't really like fighting dudes. Is all right. I can fight dudes. In in any game, I can't fight these winged terrors in any That's other game. That's true. And the first yeah. time I saw one of those, um, when it sort of comes down, you can see its um, shadow on the floor. Yes. You know it's overhead right. and it swoops in and it picks you up and it chucks you. Crap, my pants Stop. Crap
1: them. Well, but... then, see, the loading screen told me that after I'd been attacked by one. But the loading right. screen tells you, hey, look, if you see, I don't know what they're called, but if you see this big winged lad, um, watch out because they can grab you and they'll take you back to mm-hmm. their nest. Um, and there is a side mission associated with meeting one of yeah. them anyway. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, those weird little sort of dynamic. Interactions with creatures that they've clearly like made for the game, because um, then one of the nearest comparisons is going to be Fallout, and we might do more stuff on pairing Metro off against Fallout. It
2: is very Fallout.
1: It is in yeah. spots, yeah, but then it's like you go back through the franchise, and obviously Metro has been doing this stuff alongside. Mm-hmm. It's just that it never really got noticed. It's kind of like how some people started pairing off, including ourselves, Witcher three with Scrolls, yeah. And it's like obviously Scrolls been going a bit longer, but you know the Witcher series does things better than than Scrolls sometimes. Um, <laughs> but do you think that Metro executes in a way that Fallout doesn't?
2: Yes, I think it's a sort of if you uh, go to Fallout out and then you want to sort of because uh, fallout is great I, I really do love yeah fallout. i used, used to once right 2008 <laughs> remember 2008
1: <2008? laughs> yeah shut on. up it's still good scott <laughs> <laughs> it's still really good I 76 really like, is it
2: i played 150 hours of fallout someone oh, right. had to the problem is though yep. if you want sort of the hardcore sim post-apocalyptic experience mm. you're not going to get that from Fallout. Fallout no. was more fun it's more reverent. whereas Metro <laughs> wants to kill you all the time. <laughs> it really really wants to kill which you which is what, what I want. It satisfies that. Like you Yeah. on the surface you could put a screenshot from Fallout 4 and a screenshot from Metro Exodus side by side mm. and although the pure graphical fidelity would give it away <laughs> you might be convinced to think that they were both the same game especially in the first area when you're mm. scouting out raiders and and using this kind of weird bolt action pistol Yes, but I think uh, Metro kind of just scratches a completely different itch yes,
1: the, yeah absolutely I think the, the comparisons are almost aesthetic and art direction based in terms of here's a post apocalypse because yeah. um, you know one of them set in the west one of them set in like, you know, eastern Europe or whatever um, and so you have architectural differences and stuff but sometimes when you're just looking out over the wasteland I did get that feeling of this is what I wish Fallout was so
2: that's, that was me well this is what I'm interested mm. in because obviously um, fans are going to come to this uh, sort of new game and realise it's open world and you're not in the metro stations anymore right. I wonder how much that's going to impact its identity because mm. like the Witcher 3 comparison when that started gaining um, sort of comparisons to Skyrim that's when it finally went open world for the true, first time true. and I think it's the same thing with Metro Exodus Like before, 2 was always pretty big 2 was yeah like not a proper open yet. world. Yeah, it's like whatever. It's not like a proper open world. Whereas just metro for that guy in the comments who will be like, you know. <laughs> yeah, we need him. to clarify. Every now and then. But, yeah. but Metro, on the other hand, by moving away from the actual Metro stations yes. and going open world, you are spending a lot more time around areas that have been done before. Like mm. the, I'm not sure if you're there yet, but the desert place. Not just yet. It's just Mad Max. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and that's fine, uh-huh. but it does take influence um, from these other games and these other post apocalyptic media, whereas mm. the metro identity or whatever was very much rooted in those stations. Yeah, you would have yeah. the surface, but those were, they were far more dangerous than the surface was in kind of Fallout. And I wonder how that's going to impact not only its identity going forward I'm sure that'll attract a, attract a lot more players mm-hmm. who like Fallout mm-hmm. and then assume they're going to like this but I wonder how the hard hardcore are going to something Yeah of, and I wonder how much you know, that was like a that. conscious thing as well where it's like yeah. where else can we go
1: we've already done two games here and I, I haven't read the Metro book so I don't know how much they've exhausted the why. source material um, but for me it's a positive change because I didn't finish Last Light and it wasn't necessarily because of the repetition of the, the levels um, but immediately Exodus has this really great memorable look to it yeah. um, and you were mentioning um, the enemies sorry the monsters being some of the most fascinating things there's a blue orb in this game I'm, that I'm has sick this, of this, hearing about this, this, blue, <laughs> orbs, this blue orb that I don't think was in the blast games um, but it's like some weird like electric demon yeah. which sounds cooler than it is because it's a big old floating de- it looks nice I mean for the sake of the graphics looks lovely night time you're walking through you're walking through some abandoned train cars on your way back to whatever building you're going to go to and you just see some like lightning bolts just coming out from behind like a yeah. hill it's what like, did that- you do well I went to see what it was didn't why I? well because it might add some loot or something I don't know what I could have <laughs> and I thought I'll go see what it is. Killed me in two shots. I thought, right, I'm going to respawn, I'll try again. Killed me again. So but but my point was going to be that the sheer variety of the enemies yeah. is a hell of a thing because I was not expecting a death dealing blue orb.
2: No, I no was I, but I can't get over this, right? I'm going to have to go back to it, right? <laughs> when you're a kid and you touch the oven and your mom says, "Oh, don't touch the oven." Right, yeah. You learn your lesson. You yeah. don't go back and touch the oven again, Scott. Why did you go back to the blue orb? Well, I needed to see. I needed well, one, I didn't believe what it was because right. I
1: didn't expect because until then, there there bit until then all you'd seen is big old demons big old winged things and um, weird mutated rats and a giant uh, crawfish thing yeah uh, catfish um and so like, you kind of you're kind of you think you know what you, you think you know what you're getting yeah. and then randomly at night it's like why is there an electric <laughs> an electric or like it looks like a summon from elder scrolls it looks it like a random like yeah, familiar no. type thing um that you can just like summon in i was like what the hell is that that's some weird supernatural thing and you actually you can you eventually i was gonna say you talk to the the, um, the people that you rescue and find out you don't talk to them they talk to you <laughs> but you do get to find out what it is it is yeah, um, and so there is that. I was going to address something earlier as well when you said about um, it takes control away from you mm-hmm. because one of the coolest things that it does, even though it does sometimes, it just plays the game for you, um, especially uh, during a particular getaway chase where it's just jumping back and forward between stuff and yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's impressive on a rendering side that they did all of it in essentially one take. Like not all of it, sorry, it's every yeah. chapter. Each chapter mm-hmm. is one take because um, it does fade down. You get RDM's voiceover in the chapter breaks. That's true. But the rest of it is all one take, quote unquote, which made me th- made me think. Of Uncharted Two, you know the big train level, yep. and it's like how much was their expanse that they had to build, especially in terms of that getaway thing, yeah. to all be one take. I
2: was also thinking that when I was every time I'm on the train, I always think how much of this are they repeating? It doesn't look like they're repeating <laughs> no. much, but uh, I always and, do that in games. Like how much can I stand and look out the window yeah. and be like, when well, am going to see the same thing twice? I, just took go out. I took that for granted to be honest, because mm. every yeah like, every single chapter, every single sort of new major mission uh-huh. is just there's no loading screens unless you die. Yeah, you don't have to like when you go into buildings or when you go into the major areas, you don't. Have to sit through a loading screen. No, so which kind of makes because I did have a gripe that the loading screens in screens loading screen the loading screens the loading screens in this game how long really long and it takes a long time to get in it.
1: It might be different on the pro, but on the Xbox, if you do the whole instant on thing where you leave your game like paused and you turn your console off, yeah. major fire hazard. You leave that on. Um, I mean, it probably isn't, but you never know. That's what I always think when I leave it. on the, I was like, I want to play it straight away when I come home how from work. Leave it on. I know, but then I'm like, it's probably going to burn the place down. Hasn't yet, so not to worry. But if you leave it on there when you come, if if you've like just saved or something and you need to like I I saved in a bad place and I was in the middle of a combat thing I had to leave got a wife and I was like Ah. I need to go do stuff. and so when I came back I booted the Xbox up I was still in the middle of combat and then I died and it took 15 minutes to get back again just because it's a little percentage climber in the bottom right and I'm just like it's still on 10 after like 5 minutes and I was like I've broken this
2: I see that as well the, the quick save system we work like a charm for the first fifteen hours or so, <laughs> and then suddenly stop quick save and Can you even caught. save in this game? I don't know because you can quick save. You can quick save. I don't know if you can probably <laughs> save. I've done it,
1: and I still don't really know. I I was because I didn't trust it. I was like, well, because I, I, I naturally don't trust quick saves. It's like when you make a manual save and you save again just to make sure it's saved, um, or I save over the quick save to make sure. Yeah, I've never found a manual save yet, but it, no. it, it always pops up with a little animation in the bottom letting you know that everything's
2: okay. But I don't know how much I trust it. I don't know how bad it is on the version you. Played on the mm-hmm. Xbox One, but on the PlayStation 4 Pro, at least from the game, I can uh, vouch for yes. it's quite a buggy and glitchy game. I, had, I was gonna I lost listen. a lot of progress to be honest the other night when it didn't quick save for a long time, right. and then I went to get my map out while I was in a car, and it just froze, and I had to quit, and I Ooh. lost about 30 minutes. It was oh, that's, oh, that's bad. And um, the last point I had was any any potential negatives. Is your ah. is your biggest ah. potential negative this? Just a general frustrating because of how beautiful and how ambitious mm. it is. Mm. There is a I, I find there's a general lack of polish it's just not there to it. it's just it's not quite there and that's why for me it's not uh, the Witcher 3 moment because right. there is there are technical shortcomings and there are a lot of glitches that also plague the other games and that's why it's more frustrating yeah. uh, there are enemies just kind of pop in there's a lot of texture pop in as well mm. a lot of the times I'm not sure if, if you experience the same but hitboxes would sometimes just wouldn't work I would uh. throw um uh, like the daggers at, at a guy and it, it would just go through him and then at one point <laughs> I walked up to him and he was just doing like he was just frozen no no way I was. I was. I didn't, I didn't know what to do but uh, I've had that quite a few times I've right. had the game just crashing me I'm not sure if this is your I have honestly well. not know like weirdly and this isn't just hyperbole I mean I, I own
1: a PS4 Pro old me would have said oh that's cool PS4 Pro yeah. no I've got a PS4 Pro no I haven't had anything like that I
2: am so pleased I got footage for this because when the <laughs> review goes live and I complain about it people don't have it they're no. going to accuse me of being a liar but it did happen I've got footage <laughs> of it um, the newest
1: thing I had to something like that is the because there's a weird like snap-on lock-on um, and so sometimes that betrays itself like it'll just lock onto something that's behind the thing you're trying to shoot at. Yeah. Um, so I had like a, a few little glitches like that. Um, nothing in, in the way of Texture Pop. Um, Interesting, maybe like one instance of it of a, a monster like just appearing but I was already running through a pretty busy area. Right. I had no health left so I had to get back to the yeah. safety. Um, so I kind of had something like that. Um, but yeah not very much so <laughs> it might that might be something that is just down to the, uh, the pre-release build maybe. Yeah maybe. Um, but the
2: sheer severity of that kind of implies something a bit more core. Cool. Yes um, uh, I don't know for me it just it took away it, it broke the immersion mm. uh, the rest of the game built up so right. well it's, it's, it was the same with kind of the the enemy AI especially with the mutants that mm. run it yeah mm. I felt like sometimes they would just run up to me and not do anything off run you, away and nice. it was it was fine because yeah. I meant I got to kill them and not lose any health but it sort of it broke the illusion in a way do you know what you mean and um, there's one uh, again I wish
1: I knew about the name of the monsters uh, there's one particular beast that keeps like it's one of its animations is to like howl at the moon essentially and it mm. does that by climbing up on a, on a car or a high point and then doing it but it was just doing that over and over yeah, again, yeah. Um, but not not in a row. But every time I came to that one area, there was that beast hollering at the moon again. So
2: I was like dug it at the head again. Another another little problem. Go I'm not sure how widespread it is, but every time I've cleared out a monster's nest like this, mm-hmm. every time I come back, they're already back. Th- they're already <laughs> there again. <They're, laughs> yeah. They've all respawned. It feels like a waste of um, resources, especially if I just run slightly away. That's a good point. Because return, the... it's like what was the point of this? Because monsters' lairs don't, well, at least from what I've experienced, don't often have loot. I was going to say the, ones the do, loot but, doesn't
1: come back. No. So, there is that uh, overall though would your, what's your general takeaway point it's a recommendation oh absolutely I mean, four stars, the, isn't it? well
2: this is the thing we've, we've kind of been slagging it off no we haven't we've been, we've been a solid measured, measured co- and plus check out Josh's review check out our review yeah, yeah. I'll, I also shoot in it there as well but here's the thing <laughs> it, has, it has flaws yes. Like all Metro games before it has it has a lot of flaws mm. but when it when it clicks it is just so easy to love I think and the atmosphere it creates and the sense of survival and even the narrative I quite like uh, it's beautiful mm. It just does, unfortunately, have these things that drag it down. For me, they're not... That important. Mm-hmm. It's just you need to go in knowing that it, one, it makes a bad first impression. Yeah, bad. Two, it is not as polished as you might want it to be.
1: Yeah, and I think um, as for as, for me, it was the same. It's the same thing, like totally. It was the, it was the opening was like I said, turgid. I hated that intro. I almost was like I can't because I don't need to review it. So I was like, I don't, yeah. I'm not gonna get through it. And I was like, no, I play everything. That's my life. <laughs> what is my life if I'm not gonna give it a, a, you know a, a bit longer? Um, and it did all click. I was so happy when when I finally got out to that first open bit, and I was like, okay, I get what mm-hmm. this game is now, and which. Is kind of why I wonder how much it's had this weird kind of personality identity crisis in terms of the way that it was shown off, um, and the way that like that intro tries to satiate that action-heavy, yeah. like you know, fan base kind of thing, and um, more audience, uh, only to settle back into what it does best. Um, so yeah, you guys can go check out uh, Josh's review. Hopefully, it'll be online by now. If not, just I don't know, find find words. Ups and downs will be up on the website. Ups and downs will be up on the website, we so you can find that too. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host Scott Taylor, joined by Josh
2: Brown. Hello and goodbye. Metro is good. It is, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.